Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. So today is part one of a two-part series that I'm simply calling Hunger. I've been really enjoying MasterChef uh, this series, and um, I don't know about you if you're a fan of MasterChef, but I've been finding myself a little more hungry than usual. You know, I've got this kind of increased appetite as I've been uh, watching these beautiful meals being prepared. Now, today and next week, of course, we're talking about a different kind of hunger. Uh, We're talking about a spiritual appetite, which is really... Uh, the theme that's at the heart of our celebration today of the body and blood of Christ, the Eucharist. For us as Catholics, the Eucharist is the pillar of our lives. The church reminds us that it's the source and the summit, which means it's, it sits at the centre of all of our spiritual practices. Without the Eucharist, our soul becomes somewhat parched, we, we kind of hobble along as if we're, we're missing a leg. And I know that many, uh, particularly many of you at home, have, have been experiencing that in these days of restrictions. You've, you've come to recognise in a new way the nourishment that, that only the Eucharist can bring us. And so I'm hoping today, as we celebrate this great gift, uh, we'll be able to take another step forward in appreciating and, and really loving this gift from God. For us to do that, we need a context. You see, the Eucharist is not just something God randomly gave us and gives us, but it's, it's God's response to our need. That's what the Eucharist is. It's, it's something God gives us to answer a deep need in us. And The context that helps us to discover that need, we find today in the first reading, in the desert. You know, in primitive cultures, uh, it was very common for uh, young people, sort of early teenagers, boys especially, but sometimes also women, to be taken through certain rites of initiation. And often they would happen in the desert, or they would be taken to a very remote place out in nature somewhere and what would happen is that the the leader of the tribe or the elders would take these young people and lead them through certain rites of initiation, rites like fasting uh, or or, uh, isolation, you know, getting them to spend long periods on their own or or other kinds of, of rituals that would test them, that would humble them. And and the point really was to help these young people to get in touch with the reality of life, with the truth of their lives, that life is hard, that we are not in control, that we are mortal, that we will die, that life is not all about us, that the, the, the The point really at the heart of the initiation was about helping the young people to confront their powerlessness. And and they did that not to discourage them, 
not to fill them with fear, but it was about helping these young people to open their minds, to have a kind of spiritual awakening, to discover a, a purpose and, and a life and a power that was bigger than their own. That was the purpose of, of the initiation. To have an awakening for, for their minds to be open to something bigger than themselves. You know, when we talk about this powerlessness in spiritual terms, one of the words that we use is hunger. And that's what God's people are experiencing today in the first reading. We, we pick up the story uh, after the Exodus. So I'm sure you know the story. Uh, God's people had been in slavery for many, 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 many years, generations and generations in Egypt. Uh, God releases them from slavery through the leadership of Moses and they're travelling towards the promised land. But on the way to the promised land, they take a detour, uh, a very long detour, right? A 40-year detour. Uh, because, you see, before they entered the promised land, God had something very important to teach them. What they needed to learn was that every good thing in their life was a gift to them from God. So that through the challenges of many challenges of their desert years, through, through their physical hunger, they not only come to, to recognise their powerlessness, their, their deep hunger for God, but it was there in the desert that they experienced how deeply God cared for them, how richly he provided for them. And we hear Moses talking about that today. He says, Remember how the Lord your God led you for 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you, to know your inmost heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you, he made you feel hunger, and then he fed you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known. They'd come to realise in the desert that God can provide for them in a way that no one else can. And so Moses today, he's begging the people on the edge of the promised land. He says, remember, don't forget. Never forget your need, your hunger for God, because it's, it's through your hunger that you will stay connected to God's life. That's how you'll be able to take advantage of this promised land. The great irony is that when we in faith, when we can accept our powerlessness, our hunger, it doesn't make us weak or ineffective, but quite the opposite. Our powerlessness becomes a doorway to true strength. And that's the promise of the Christian gospel. Jesus said it most perfectly in the Beatitudes. The first Beatitude, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. When he's talking about the poor in spirit, Jesus is not talking about blessed are those who are weak, ineffective, uh, irresponsible. He's, he's talking about those who recognise that deep down they are powerless, that they have no control, that they are dependent. Blessed are those who can accept that and make that part of their everyday life, their, their mindset. For they're the ones that will inherit, will, will receive the riches of God's kingdom. St Paul lived this truth. 
We know that through his many letters. At one point he says, I boast in my weakness because I know my weaknesses, they lead me into God's strength. I think of uh, St. Francis, uh, well, St. Francis of Assisi would be true for him for sure, but I think uh, also of St. Uh, Ignatius of Loyola, one of the great saints, uh, uh, most, uh, left some of the most rich, uh, wonderful, insightful teachings on prayer in the, that the church has, has ever received. He began his life as a young man full of ego, you could say, full of big dreams to go out and to be great, to be a, a great soldier. And he was. He was a successful soldier. He led um, battalions. Uh, and he was realising his dream of greatness until one day he gets hit in the leg with a cannonball and ends up uh, laid out uh, for a long time in hospital or wherever he was uh, recovering. And it was in that desert of his... It was in that period of powerlessness that Ignatius started to discover a deeper hunger, a hunger for God. And that hunger quickly turned into a profound openness and connection with Jesus, which then led him to live the most extraordinary life, to live the most precious legacy for us as a church. Ignatius of Loyola was a man who was fueled by that hunger. My basic message to us today is that the more that we can get in touch with our hunger, with our need for God, the more God can feed us with his life. With, with his manna from heaven, which of course is Jesus himself. That's, that's what we're hearing today in the gospel. Jesus says, I am the living bread. I am your bread. I am your food. Your ancestors, they ate manna in the desert and that fed them for a period of time, but, but then they died. That, that manna was only good for a period, but whoever eats this bread will live, will be satisfied, will be sustained forever. I don't think Jesus can make it much clearer here. He's saying that all the promises in the scriptures point to me. All of your longings, all of your hungers, all of your desires are fulfilled in me. We're really... For me, we're getting to the heart of Jesus' teaching today. If we were to reduce everything that Jesus taught, I think we would land on on something that we're, we're picking up today in the gospel. That you are hungry and I am your food. That's really the message at the heart of the gospel. You're you're far hungrier than you realize. And I am your food. I want to be your food. Pope Francis talks about this bread of life. He says human beings all over the world today need nourishment. And this nourishment is not just to satisfy physical hunger. There are other hungers for love, for immortality of life, for affection, for being cared for, for forgiveness, for mercy. This hunger, he says can be satisfied only 
by the bread that comes from above, the bread of life. Now, in John's Gospel, uh, in chapter 6, there's this long kind of um, uh, discourse, dialogue from Jesus where he's talking about the bread of life. But towards the end of it, uh, which is what we pick up in the Gospel today, he starts to talk about the bread of life in a much more tangible, specific kind of way. He says, For my flesh is real food and my blood is is real drink. So Jesus now, he's, he's not just talking about himself as the bread of life generally, but he's saying, you know, this bread of life is concrete. It's not just a nice idea, but it is real. You can eat it. You can drink it. He's talking, of course, about the Eucharist. What we believe as Catholics is that through our faith in the word of Jesus... And through the power of the Holy Spirit, the bread and the wine become the cleansing, healing, saving body and blood of Jesus, our manna from heaven. The gift of divine life that is given to us, that becomes part of us, that enters into our systems. Jesus' main point in the gospel today is that you need this. It's not an optional extra. You need it. You need it if you want to really live. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I live in him, will draw life from me, will live forever. Jesus is almost trying to sell it to us. You need this food. For some of us, I know it's, um, this is a great leap of faith. For some of us, it can be very difficult to kind of conceptualise how the life of God can be put into simple, humble elements of bread and wine. And, and you know, as a church, we have some theological, we have some philosophical concepts to help us to to sort of get our heads around how it all works. But really the only way that we can truly understand is by getting in touch with our hunger. Because it's, it's, it's through our, our hunger, through our powerlessness, through the acknowledgement of our need, it's there that we discover the bread of life. It's there that we discover Jesus' uh, nourishing us inwardly. And, and once we discover the bread of life in that way, it's not too big a step for us to, to believe that this, this life that we've encountered can be given to us through these, uh, this form of bread and wine. But it all comes back to our hunger. What is your desert at the moment? It's a good place to start whenever we come to the Eucharist, is just to acknowledge our desert. What's the area or the sweet situation in your life where you are confronted with your powerlessness, with your hunger, with your need for God? I want to encourage you to prayerfully pay attention to 
that place. If you need some inspiration, look to the Psalms. So many of the Psalms are, 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 are cries from the heart. Uh, uh, you know, people who are, who are uh, in the desert presenting their hunger before God. Allow your desert to be a source of spiritual awakening for you where you can humbly accept your need for the bread of life. And when you come to receive the Eucharist, if it's today or next time you can come to church, come with hungry hands. Come and, and, and receive the bread of life into the place where you need it most, into your hunger. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.